1: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast for the Manchester Union New News. I'm joined once again by Ian Cheeseman. Hello. Hello It's nice to have
0: you here um, It's nice to have you back from your uh, World Tour of holidays Yeah I'm yeah. not
1: sure where I've been I don't feel like I've had a holiday but <laughs> we're back once again Stu you. you're here as always get to see you every day that's the pleasure of working with you
2: Well obviously yeah yeah. Well, it's, and... uh, it is a great pleasure for you
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I like learned it. so much <laughs> and we also learnt from City over the past week that they uh, have the ability to beat the Premier League leaders as well uh, Ian uh, it seems a lot has happened in the last few days um, obviously we going to the Rotherham game later in the podcast but there's only one place to start really Etihad had last Thursday night uh, hindsight it's comfortable to say that City have really shown that they still have the sort of title fight within them. Before the game, there were nerves. City even let the grass grow just to make it a bit easy for themselves, but they got through it at the end. They beat Liverpool two one. What are your thoughts
0: uh, a few days now after that game? Well, before Stuart comes in on this and 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 reveals to the world that I was pessimistic before the <laughs> Liverpool game, I am a City fan. I have been watching them for years, so I am entitled to be pessimistic because it's part of the DNA. <laughs> Um, but I, I must admit, I, I, you know, I, I feared because of the injuries that City have been carrying a little bit, the momentum that Liverpool had had, um, and the fact that City had had a couple of slip ups and and the form hadn't been quite the the level it had been last season going into this game. I did fear the worst, but I'm glad to be proven wrong. As always, uh, I thought the attitude and the the togetherness and the the work rate and you know just the sheer will to win allied to the undoubted quality that they've got saw them through. We saw a different side to city. When City played at Liverpool, you know there was an argument to say that this was a more pragmatic approach that they took and you know they were they were a lot more cautious than we used to see in city um, at Liverpool. but I don't think the home game was like that. I think they had a goal. I think they wanted to win, they wanted to play the Pep way again and they did. but there was a phase of course in the game certainly the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where they were having to defend for their lives. They got a little bit of luck, can't deny that. Um, there were a couple of mistakes, one cleared off the line, um, you know, that, that could have led to goals. But... But you need a little bit of luck and that determination has really lifted my spirits because they, they look as if they really want it. And psychologically, a victory like that against Liverpool, whilst it doesn't decide anything and there's still four points behind, doesn't have give City a lift and must have some sort of an effect psychologically on Liverpool. However, Stuart is—I I turn to Stuart as as my sort of guru, really, because he 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 does tend to, you know, without sort of bullying him up too much, be quite accurate in his predictions and his foresight because he's able to be a little bit more, a little less emotional about it than yeah, I sort am. Of
2: a neutral, level-headed view, isn't it? Yeah. So, so and, and you were a lot more optimistic, Stuart, weren't you? Yeah, but I didn't know that they were going to grow the grass. Or and, paint and they, that were going, line they were thicker. going to paint the lines a lot thicker, <laughs> which was a revelation that some of you may have heard from a, a certain Liverpool-based podcast this week, which uh, I think just added to the general hilarity among the City fans. Uh, and it's annoying it's that they, the they, they kept cut the ball sweeter.
1: across the line, not like the shadows as well. City, don't they? Which is quite a yeah,
2: online. yeah, yeah. Well, well, City like that. They do. They do things like that <laughs> all the time. You know, it's it's all all about shadows with City and uh, the thick white lines and long grass. That's that's the secret of Pep Guardiola's success down the years and that now they've been rumbled, I expect they'll just fall apart and uh, that'll be it, it's Liverpool's title once again in January, so... Uh so there we have it. No, I mean it was it was a. It, let's face, it, I mean it, it was a great game. The two best sides in the country. I mean, people talking about the two best sides in the world. I'm not sure about that because I haven't seen all the others. <laughs> but um, it was certainly the two best sides in the country. You know, Spurs are, keep making a, a bid to sort of break them up. But for me, it's it's, it's still between City and Liverpool. Um, you know, you never know which Spurs; they might come come good with a run. Same with Chelsea, but. Uh, if I had to put my house on it, it would either be Liverpool or City, uh, and it was a fantastic game. You know, um, for, for, all, for all the fun that we get from from certain sections of the Liverpool support, um, Klopp's, a, Klopp's a great manager. You know, I, I really like him, I respect him, And admire him, and I, I think what he's done at Liverpool is fantastic. And they're a great team to watch. You know, I really do enjoy watching them. Um, and and it, that was it was a game like ian was going into it full of nerves i was going into it full of anticipation mm-hmm. for a great game because the result didn't didn't matter too much to me um and it lived up to expectation we we went into the first game at Anfield earlier in the season thinking it could be a classic and it wasn't Uh, but this one really was it was just two top teams and people talked to I mean Klopp said afterwards uh, City were in fighting mood rather than nice playing mood now that was a compliment he wasn't sort of saying that City were being dirty or anything he was just basically saying they showed another side to the character that they will scrap for a result and he wasn't saying that City didn't play well because he did you know the football was still of a high level um but there was there was a little bit there was an edge to it as well you know there were there was an aggression and a and a hunger and a desire you know bernardo silva was phenomenal I thought on the night uh he didn't get my man of the match because i thought fernandinho would totally boss the game he was the best player on the pitch by by some distance but i thought the amount of work that bernardo silva got through was was just incredible uh and i, I looked at it I, I remember thinking after about 50 minutes he can't keep this pace up and then he was in the 90th minute, he was chasing everything, he was running everything down. And, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly what City fans will want. They want that from everybody who pulls on that City shirt because that's what they would do if they were on the pitch. And I thought, you know, Bernardo's already got a little bit of a cult following among mm. City fans um, because he's such a nice guy and he's got a lovely touch and he's a lovely footballer. And we know that he works hard, but I think that, that performance will just sort of, Put him up a notch or two Put him that little bit higher In uh, in terms of how he's how he's held in, in, in the City fans regard
1: Yeah like I say He's always had that uh, Sort of terrier approach That fans always love That he always plays as, as you'd want to play yourself If you're on the pitch And you had that sort of Stamina level But like I said He's got the quality The world class quality as well <laughs> cause I don't think There's a team he wouldn't get into <laughs> At the moment um, uh, Ian I guess If you look at the game 2-1 Apart from think, City Apart from That's City That's yeah. <laughs> <Ironically, get into. laughs> the only team we can't get team can't And then Ian If you look at the result 2-1 uh, um, do you think it was a, f- a fair result I mean City they had more chances to win the game they had the Aguero chance where he went round and couldn't uh, finish and Sterling got that chance towards the end There's, could have been three or four maybe for City as well but maybe on the contrary Liverpool could have been a bit more in their attacking play
0: and got another themselves well they definitely had a, a little bit of good fortune I'm not denying that you know the, obviously the other stuff about the grass and the lines and everything is just nonsense but and, and and there's been a big debate about the company challenge and whether that should have been red although we saw a Van Dyke challenge that was almost in identical game, yeah. which uh, which is oh no that definitely wasn't a red so you can't have it both ways um, I mean, he was sold a little bit short uh, Vincent and had to make this sort of lunge but I don't think it was a Red card. I think that ultimately it was a fair result. I think it reflected the game. Um, but it still could have been a game that that could have gone a different way on a different day because that's the nature of those tight games being like that but I thought it was a fair result and uh, as I say it'll give everybody a lift and um, City going in the right direction again and bring on the rest of the season and whilst I'll still have the nerves, I can't look at it quite as dispassionately as Stu Um, it it now feels me full of a lot more optimism going forward
1: yeah, I guess, Stu, I guess that is the next question. City, it was a game which you did feel, I know hindsight's easy to say that, but if City would have lost that game against Fursley, lots of people would have written the, any sort of a title chance off, but it is well and truly alive. Now City maybe have had their, their bad patch in the season. They've had to do most of it, as we've already said, about Kevin De Bruyne as well, who was their best player perhaps last season, and Fernandinho's been missing as well. Um, so there's a lot of uh, games left to be played in the title race, but City fans should be confident as well going into the second half of the season
2: yeah I mean a lot of it's it's going to come down to, to a degree of luck I think I mean you talked about De Bruyne and, and Fernandinho I, I looked at the stat uh, before heading into the game uh, in the first 20 league games of last season De Bruyne Fernandinho and David Silva started together in 18 of those games 18 out of the 20 that was City's midfield 3 in the starting 11 not surprisingly of those 20 games he won 19 and drew 1 this season the first 20 league games they didn't play once together the three of them could not get together because De Bruyne's been out injured uh, when he started coming back Fernandinho's been out Silva's had a spell out and uh, to me that that explains why City have not quite been at the same level. Because those three are without doubt, you know, for me they're the best midfield three. Silver hasn't quite looked right to me, you know, and he was pretty anonymous in the Liverpool game, and that's not like him. Normally big games. Silver is the man who who steps up. So you think if those three, if they can get them back together again and get them fit and they have a run like they did last season where where they can, if they start 18 of the second 20 games of the season, City are more than capable of going on a run. I mean, of course, if they've got other players. They've got Bernardo, who, who, as we just talked about, has has been brilliant. Uh, Gundogan, for me, his quality He's not always shown it, but I think he's a quality footballer. Um, But De Bruyne is so important. Fernandinho is so important. David Silva he's probably less important now but only because Bernardo's come to the fore you know he's still a a top top player and he's still the player I still look forward to seeing more than anyone else but if City can get those three together we know they've got the front three um, who who can win your games and you kind of look at Liverpool and think they've been I know they've had they've had one or two injuries you know they've got Gomez out for a while and so on but their key players have been untouched Van Dijk's been untouched Um, that front three has been untouched you kind of think if they if they suffer the kind of look that City have had Mm. with their midfield three in the second part of the season have they got the depth to cope with that I think City have done well really to still be in touch uh, considering some of the injury problems they've had uh, it'd be interesting to see whether Liverpool can cope if they have the same kind of problems in the second half of the season
1: Yeah Ian another aspect of the win on Thursday that's been mentioned a lot was the, the atmosphere at the Etihad it's often a, a, maybe a gripe some some easy jibes from opposition fans as about the sort of whole atmosphere at City home games and after the game Gary Neville said it was the best atmosphere he's ever seen at the stadium even eclipsing that three-two win against QPR, three-two uh, yeah back in QPR. But uh, what did you make of the atmosphere? And after the games, as well, Pep said in his embargo section that he'd like to see that kept up for the Champions League games. He says that could be really pivotal in beating some of the bigger teams in Europe this season. Uh, so, two part is: is that the best atmosphere you've ever had at the Etihad Stadium? And what do you
0: think can be done to try? And, I don't. I don't think it has. It, it was actually the best atmosphere. I think it was very good. Um, but uh, the Hamburg game in the UEFA Cup when uh, they reduced prices it was a quarter final and City had to come from behind was a belting atmosphere some of the derbies have been fantastic atmosphere Uh, obviously the QPR game um, well you know certainly the latter stages of that Mm. game will probably never be beaten although I did talk to a fan yesterday I was with a lot of supporters who were in the legends lounge the club invited the supporters club to, to use that lounge for the FA Cup tie so I was talking to a lot of them in there and one guy was very insistent a bit like you've been suggesting that that was the best atmosphere against Liverpool that we've ever heard um, it was certainly great and people were really up for it the fans were up for it and and one player I mean I know you're asking about fans but when we're talking about players and, and I mean I remember writing an article uh, about uh, at, at one time when the Mancini era was happening about a Super 8, 8 players that were the key players in that City team and, and Stewart's picked out three there, which I agree with are absolutely um, crucial. One player against Liverpool in particular who y- you won't forget because he is Sergio Aguero, but I thought he was really up for that that yeah. game, just like the crowd were really up for it right from the kickoff. As soon as, as they crossed the thick white lines on the long grass, <laughs> you could see that Sergio Aguero was really up for it. He covered a lot of ground. The, the long grass didn't bother him and he wasn't slowed down him. by anything like that and, and and he was he, now before the game somebody said to me do you think Sergio Aguero will play a crucial part tonight and and I said well Sergio is undoubtedly a bit like Yaya used to be is a big game player and you see him at his very best in the big games the key to getting the best out of Sergio uh, as he gets older is, is somehow trying to get him to play like that which is easier said than done in, in every single game or bringing in and a Gabriel Jesus who can can really add to this team rather than at the moment a lot of people are wondering whether he's the real deal. I know he's only still young, but he's still not convinced pundits, he's still not convinced fans that he is of the same standard of Sergio. And whilst Stuart quite rightly points out that uh, Mane, Salah and Firmino as a three, you know, a key, and, and obviously what would happen without them, what would happen without Sergio as well as the other three that you've identified? Because I still think that he is such a huge player for City. And if... Suddenly, you were out without Sergio for you know a, a dozen games. Let's say from now till the end of the season, and you've got and, and this has not been. I'm not trying to have a go at Gabriel Jesus, but if Gabriel Jesus was your your main striking focus, or you were playing one of the others as a false nine from now till the end of the season, that would slightly concern me. So I think he's as crucial as the three that Stewart quite rightly identified.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I agree that Aguero is crucial. I mean, uh, I wrote the match report on the uh, on the win over Rotherham, and it, it probably sounded a bit downbeat when they've just won seven <laughs> nil. But uh, I mean, it, it, you, you'd, you'd expect that team to beat Rotherham seven nil, to be honest with you. Uh, and my my focus on it was it, it did throw up a slight problem for Pep Guardiola in that Gabriel Jesus he's short of form he's short of confidence Uh, you know if your team wins 7-0 and you're the main striker and you score one goal and don't assist any of the others there's something not quite right and we all know I mean we saw it and he missed three sitters really he's just a young lad he's still a young player I think he's been knocked I think his confidence has been knocked both his confidence in terms of his, his game but also his confidence in terms of his body because he, he he's had a couple of injuries uh, I mean he's talked about this how he's not quite felt the same since he had his first serious injury Uh we remember him going off at Palace in tears when he when he hurt his knee um, and at least one of those misses yesterday I put down to him the ball came in from the right and he had one eye on the goalkeeper who was coming out to him and I think he had one eye his eye on the keeper thinking my knee rather than one I you know as all strikers have to be brave thinking there's the ball I'm going to put that in the net and maybe that's something he's got to conquer maybe he's got to conquer that, that fear of his injuries I think that's contributing to it um but he needs to get back to the kind of form he was in. We saw, I think it was, we were just talking about this earlier. I think it was the Fulham game in the Carabao Cup where he was sensational. I and mean, you can say it's a League Cup game and it doesn't matter so much, but he showed the kind of ability that he was showing early in his career uh, for City. Um, you know, little touches and turns, and the sharpness and the, the pace and everything else. And you thought, oh, he's back again. You know, here we go. But he just hasn't kicked on from that. He got a hat trick against Shakhtar that included two penalties and then a really nice goal at the end. Um, and he, you know, he, he 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 feels like he's getting ready to burst free, and then he has a step back again. Uh, and that that was definitely a step back against against Rotherham yesterday. One of the things that though that gives him money in the bank, or
0: however you want to use that phrase is the same thing you identified about Bernardo Silva that we know he's got ability Bernardo and that work rate means that fans will, I'm not saying Bernardo by the way is doing anything wrong at yeah. all but if he did do something wrong it, because he's got that credit in the bank for his work rate that that get, carries him through things and what I would say is that Gabriel Jesus, even in that game against Rotherham his work rate was terrific yeah. he never stopped running, he, he gives yeah. everything he's got and there were there were fans around me, who were looking, for example, at Riyad Mahrez and saying, he doesn't really look like he wants to be here today. Mm -hmm. It looks as if he's going through the motions a bit. Now you can debate the pros and cons of Riyad Mahrez and what he brings to the team, but that was ordinary fans making that judgment that you were talking about, about work rate and attitude, which they don't see in Gabriel Jesus. So for all his... Perceived shortcomings at the moment and not quite being at the same level as Aguero one thing I don't think you can ever question when he crosses the thick white line onto the long
2: grass is that he absolutely gives his all yeah absolutely and I, that's why I, one of the reasons that Pep loves him so much because he does he does play he plays with his heart and his sleeve um And he doesn't hide, you know. He he didn't. He kept getting into the positions, even though he was missing. I think I'd have been tempted to slunk off into a corner, and uh, after one or two of the the misses that he had yesterday, but um, he he kept on going, and he got his reward with the goal. And you just hope that that will sort of pep him up a little bit. I mean, he couldn't miss it really. Sterling laid it on a plate for him. Uh, but he's he's a young lad you know I think we we jump to conclusions too soon with with these with these people. Every young player I've ever seen has never gone on a, a steep upward learning curve. They always have plateaus they hit a plateau you go level for a bit, maybe even down for a bit and then you take off again you go up for a bit um you know Aguero has had those moments at City where he's gone flat he's gone five or six games without a goal uh, but then he'll score ten in the next eight and you, uh, everybody's raving about him again um, but Aguero was a little bit older when he came to City you know he had a little bit more and he had experience, European
1: experience as well which European is, experience coming from in South America is completely different phases and like you said yeah. I mean it's quite a stereotype but this is a player who's maybe six years before his peak and he's already good enough to play for Man City he's good enough to lead Brazil's line in yeah. the World Cup even before the World Cup I remember Tite the Brazil coach said the reason he was starting him over with Firmino was because of his work rate he said I wasn't bothered about his lack of goals recently I know Firmino scored more but Jesus is my man and I guess maybe for Gabriel Jesus his whole career he's been the number one striker even for his national team even for Palmeiras. and he come to City and he's got one of the greatest strikers of the Premier League era ahead of you it's always going to be difficult to get your confidence and yeah. I guess even playing on your mind when you're on a gold out and you're playing against Rotherham when the ball's coming across yeah you've got the injuries yeah you've got the gold right in your mind it's the fear of missing is sometimes greater than yeah. the, the fear of getting injured and stuff but I guess looking back in general on the Rotherham game it was as you said the lineup was very strong and you saw some people on social media saying this is going to be a cricket score when the 2 lineups
0: dropped but still a creative city to go out there and to not become one of the FA Cup shocks it's going to seem strange thing to say this, but... I don't actually think City played that well um, against Rotherham um, the game at times felt a little bit flat um, there wasn't the same sort of tempo and zip that you know City fans like to see and we're used to seeing um, so they did the job obviously once I think their, their manager said at half time when they were 3-0 down That Was it their manager Stu or did he get it mistaken again?
2: Yeah I'm, I got the two <laughs> mistaken I tweeted out that um, Pep was wearing a very natty Yorkshire style flat cap <laughs> in under Rotherham and then I had like a million City fans on Twitter pointing out I was a complete idiot and that it was actually Paul <laughs> Warne who was wearing the cap but I, I saw them both close up after the game and I still couldn't tell them apart. So.
0: The, the only defence I can possibly offer here is is that when he won first move to the end of his technical area with the cap on I, I thought oh Pep wearing a hat just for a split second. I wouldn't have tweeted it but I did and then I thought I hang on a minute he's in the op- opposing dressing room uh, the, the opposing uh, technical area and he's got Richie Barker behind him who used to be at Berry, if I recognise I thought he's not on the city staff is he? So I don't think I've ever gone as far as to tweet it all right all i right. understand why you made that <laughs> we'll mistake let we'll let him <laughs> off for this one but he
2: was he was very good uh value actually I, I was lucky enough to be in the tunnel after the game when Paul Wong came out and did his radio interview so I, I did a bit of earwigging and uh, he, he made me chuckle because he said that uh, you know he, he was talking about they turned up hoping that City would play a weakened team and he said he was sitting in the dressing room area and there was a TV screen uh, and they, they were showing live feed of the City coach arriving at the main entrance and he said that as the players were getting off the coach he's watching it and he's thinking Hang on a minute. These or aren't, or these, aren't all these. these aren't sixteen and seventeen year olds. These are all senior pros. And he's like, that was the moment when he realised they were in a bit of trouble. Uh, and he also said, which which made me giggle, that um, he, he saw the board go. He saw uh, Leroy. He saw the board go up with Raheem Sterling's number on it, and. And then he realised it was Leroy Sane. He was replacing him, and he said, "I just looked across at. Our. I mean, the, their right back was absolutely run ragged by Sterling for for an hour. Um, you know, he had a real tough time of it. And he, he sees Sterling coming off, and he sees Sane coming on. He said, "I just looked across at our right back and shouted keep smiling, mate.'" <laughs> <Enjoy> it, <man. laughs> Which is one of the great pep talks from any manager in, the, in modern history, I think. But he was he was good, funny, he was good value after the game, Paul. won and uh, and good luck to them. Do you think Pep deserves credit for the way that he, he did? play, You respected as point yesterday. I know
1: lots of people always say, oh, the FA Cup's losing its value because you get the Premier League clubs and they put out the their young academy players and maybe some of the fringe players and don't treat it with the proper respect as such. But it must be really, because for Rotherham to lose 7-0, but to say you lost to the, a team who could go on and win
0: the Premier League title, it, well, well, it's a I would, huge amount I mean, the, of respect from Pep. And the respect towards the fans who gone to the game is as important to me because, you know, I remember when, you know, not, not that long ago, the, the one I remember who who first did this was Sam Allardyce when he was at, at Bolton and he picked a very weakened team. And it's become the norm now that, that teams make seven, eight changes and whatnot. But at that time, it seemed quite unusual because generally people would have maybe less fixtures. The money wasn't the same for when you went out to the Premier League and got relegated. So now it's just accepted. And we look back on that era and we think, ah, get why Sam did that, you know, because he wanted to keep Bolton in the Premier League at the time but as a fan and looking at it from a fan's perspective um, you know you were being asked quite often to pay the same price to go and watch the reserves playing in the FA Cup who clearly they didn't really want to be in the FA Cup as you would do for a competitive league game there's two aspects to that clubs themselves now arguably they don't do this just out of the kindness of their hearts they do it because they can't fill the stadiums and I'm not just talking about City here I'm talking about any club but they reduce the price Prices for these cup ties because um, partly because fans think well they're going to put a weakened team out. I'm not going to see the stars um, and partly because there's that you know much demand on finances that actually go into all the league games and a lot of cup ties. Since you've got two in a row here, Rotherham, Burton Albion on Wednesday, and and they're not the most attractive opposition in either, albeit that Burton is a semi final of a of a major competition, but the respect that 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 for the City fans who went along to the game I was delighted about and, th- and he said I think in his pre-match I didn't, he didn't do a formal press conference out of the game but he said something to the effect of oh. you know, a big club takes every competition seriously and how many times have we sat there as fans and thought pick your strongest team at the beginning and if you want to rest players take them off after an hour after you've won it rather than have your big hitters on the bench and for the most part that's what they did yesterday and they were 3-0 up before they could start to take De Bruyne off and, you know, and, and, and not overplay him and everything like that. So, I mean, just picking Edison in goal, that that completely bamboozled me because I expected it to be Muric. And if, if you were going to play it, Edison in one of these cup ties, and I thought it was more likely yeah. to come in the game against Burton, though I actually thought he'd probably play Muric in both. So, but... Respect to Pep, because he, he picked a, a strong team, which, which I believe was the
2: right thing to do. It's all Wigan's fault, you know. Yeah, it is Wigan's fault, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Pep told us after the game <laughs> that, um, you know, the reason he played a strong team, they played the Championship side last season and got knocked out by them. And it's obviously scarred him. Yeah. Because um, he was making sure, that's why he picked Edison, that's why he put De Bruyne in, that's why he picked such a strong team.
0: Let's hope he doesn't now think, oh, that next round of it, you- if we pick another you know draw another championship team
2: we we don't need to pick that strong As look how easy it was well the funny thing is what does he do for Burton now because I think I mean Burton will be hoping he'll be looking ahead to the Wolves game which is a big game for City um, next week but I don't think he will I think he'll put his full strength team out against Burton Albion you we know, did similar last
1: year didn't against Bristol we were expecting to see lots of players rested for that yeah. the semi-finals and it was still was full
2: strength city almost it makes sense as well because if he puts a full strength team out with all due respect to Burton you know the tie could be over after the first leg yeah. and then effectively they've got another midweek game where he can he can play yeah. a second string virtually you know he can play, bring players in and uh, and give give everyone a rest so it makes perfect sense you know the Wolves game as it stands is is 5 days after so even if he plays a full strength team against Burton he can still play the same team against Wolves without any real fear um, so it could be a case of right go out win this game you know settle the tie before the second leg and then we'll we'll go again against Wolves and then they've got a couple of midweeks off which is rare, you know, this time of year We always talk about the fixture chaos at this sort of time Um, of year We do, but January can can have a bit of a lull and even if you're in the Carabao Cup semi-final um, you can still work it so that you can, you know, if you do I mean, you remember City-West Ham in the League Cup semi-final they beat them 6-0 in the home leg was that three or four seasons ago? Four seasons ago and... uh, and then just basically they, they played Ronnie Lopez and all kinds of players in the game. However, however the, I know this is going back
0: now, but Alvaro Negredo played in that second leg and got that injury that effectively sort of finished his though Even did. though they, even though they were well up in the first leg. I never got that one, did you? Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that was odd, that. But well, <laughs> well, they, they still won that game 3-0 and won the, won the tie 3-0 on, on aggregate. So it, it does work. And uh, I suspect that they might just do the same this week.
1: Yeah, as you, as you said, there, Stuart. It highlights Pep's desire to win every trophy he's, he's competing. In. Like you say, it is this desire to win, and that breeds over. If you go into a game, say, I don't mind if we lose this. That's that's all obviously going to affect you going into the league. So, as a City fan, it must be really
0: encouraging to see that City do want to genuinely win every single game they play. Yeah, absolutely, you know, it is about momentum. It is about belief. It is about respecting people. And uh, although the League Cup, you know, is something that City have won, what? three times now in the last few years, you know, and, and, you know it, it, then it come if you get to the final the Everton game's moved and you get extra fixes and everything but you know who doesn't want to see him go to Wembley who doesn't want to see him lift another trophy and it'll be against Spurs or Chelsea won't it in the final that'll be a great final two teams presumably will put the, the first teams out but uh, Stuart's right they've got to win it I, I believe that they've got to really hammer home in the first leg on Wednesday um, an impressive high scoring uh, ideally victory because I think going to Burt in the second leg I know it's only 6,000 it's only a little ground I've been there before and generally for league games where the atmosphere has been nothing special but you can guarantee that that night if they've got a sniff of a chance that will be a mini cauldron and, and i and. I, you'd have to put your first first team out again to try to make sure you went through I mean look at Bristol City last season Mm. the game at Bristol City was not the foregone conclusion that everybody thought was it because their fans were up for it they had nothing to lose and that's how Burton will be of course they'd beaten the uh, other side of Manchester team
1: get into that position yeah. in the previous round because they were maybe guilty of being complacent, and that goes to show it. But uh, I guess while we're still on the topic of Rotherham yesterday, a couple of notable performances and um, Gundogan four assists for him. Um, he's a player who, uh, what I've gathered from City fans, there's still maybe a bit of a jury about him. So some, some p- people do love him, some people maybe a bit sceptical of him. But uh, another good performance and a great squad player for City to have.
2: Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for him in some ways because. <laughs> he tends to get played out of position you know his best position is just one of the really one of the attacking midfielders one of the number 10s if you like or maybe the number 8 but there are players who are better at that than him you know and I think David Silva Bernardo Silva Kevin De Bruyne are all better in the kind of positions but that doesn't mean he's anything I think he's pretty much you know, world class is, is a difficult one to throw around. I think if he'd stayed clear of injuries in the last five years, he quite possibly would be viewed as world class now. Um, but we saw what he's about. I mean, his ball for Phil Foden for, for the goal was was quality. Um, I don't think. I, I, but again, he was being asked to play the Fernandinho role. Mm-hmm. So again, he's he's been asked to play out of position and being compared to a player who who just been absolutely sensational against Liverpool. Um, so it's always tough it's, it's tough coming in coming out it's tough when you've had injuries uh but it keeps he keeps the ball moving in, in the same way as Yaya Touré used to do for City you know people remember Yaya Touré for the for the, the sprints you know the, the sort of running through people like a like a stampede of buffalo and uh, and slamming it in the top corner and the, the brilliant goals and and so on but for me what Yaya Touré brought to City was that metronomic passing, you know, he just kept it all moving, he kept he kept everything flowing. And Gunderman does can do that for, for this city team. I just feel that sometimes, especially in big games, he'll slide out of the game sometimes. You see he's not he's not involved. Whereas mm-hmm. De Bruyne is always involved. Silver he's usually always involved. Perhaps he wasn't against Liverpool. Um so you know that, that's where he's got to he's he's perhaps got to got to step up a little bit. He's he's got to sort of improve the amount that he gets involved. But he's he is a, he's top quality. He's a top quality footballer, um, and I think we're still to see the best of him for City um, as a, as a season progresses. If they do have more injury problems for Fernandinho, Silva, De Bruyne, he's a player who's who's going to be extremely important for them. He's got the quality to do it if he steps forward he'll uh, he'll come good
1: for City I think yeah, and Ian on a weekend where Brahim Diaz sealed his move to Real Madrid another academy star Phil Foden netted his first goal at home for City quite a contrast there it'll be interesting to see if Brahim's gamble does pay off we'll come on to that in a minute but another encouraging display by Phil Foden it was fantastic to see just how much that goal meant to him as well scum had, even though it was maybe a bit fortuitous with the uh, the finish but
0: yeah, I mean, he's loved by the City fans and I understand why they love him. Um, he's he's one of our own and, and that's what the fans sing, you know, and uh, if he makes it and he comes through and he becomes a star in this City team, there will be no more uh, adored player than Phil Foden. Um, I didn't think... If I'm being honest, in that game yesterday, he made a major impact. Um, he scored a goal, dead chuff for him. He miscontrolled it into the net. That's the truth of it. Um, but but overall, I still think he's got a lot to, to prove. So, you know, if you're talking about Gundogan competing with David Silva and Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho and Kevin De Bruyne, that's what Foden's doing as well. And he's a long way from that. And I'm, I'm surprised. Um, obviously, I heard the quote from Pep uh, after the game. Saying that you know when somebody asked him if Foden was going to go out on loan somewhere, you know, no, absolutely not. He's he's here. He's going to be here for a long time because I still believe that the best thing Phil Foden could do is go out on loan um, and and get regular football. Because one of the big flaws of what City do at the moment, uh, it's not their fault really. It's just the, the league system is that uh, once a player goes into the first team squad, we saw Sandler yesterday uh, the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, they don't play regular football. I might. My, when I, I went home and my wife said to me it was this Sandler I'd never heard of him so I said well you know I haven't seen him before actually myself and she said well does what, what, what games does he get What I said he doesn't play for anybody all he only does is train mm-hmm. and that's what Foden's doing that's what Diaz is doing I mean tomorrow night I'll be at Rochdale watching the under 21s playing in the checker trade trophy and it, years gone by in that type of situation you might have seen Foden, Diaz and, uh, and, and Sandler and people like Sandler
2: did play in the last
0: round at, at Barnsley. So, but, but but it's been few and far between, yeah, hasn't yeah, it? it you know, yeah.
2: it, it, he has been injured as well, though. that's, that's been part of the problem, That long injury. So,
0: but I think it would do Sandler, and it would do. F- I'd love to see Fordham play in that game against Rochdale. Hmm. You know, for example. But he won't. There's no way he'll play in that. He'll be involved in the game against Burton probably. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's the wrong week to make that judgment. But even if City hadn't been playing Burton on yeah. Wednesday, we wouldn't have seen Falden playing in that game and at that stage surely you want to see a player playing every week because all the thing, things you do are different in games and they are in training you could replicate some of it in in training of course you can and i know that the you know the way that players speak pep's training sessions are very intense we don't get to we, we might see a little bit of the open training session before a european game but that's the only time you can actually go and sit and watch pep's team train but from all the noises that are made Pep's team trades with an intensity. And that's why occasionally you can get an injury like Kevin De Bruyne in training. When you think, how can they get injured in training? But it's because of that intensity, which is good to hear. But it's still different than actually playing in a game. And especially because if you're only playing in junior football with a certain level, so one under 21 against another under 21, one youth cup tie against another youth cup tie, it's very, very different to playing in a you know, in, in the man's game, as it were, against big physical specimens. I mean, there a guy playing for Rotherham yesterday who, uh, I, can't, I, I didn't clock his name, but, you know, big, huge man-mountain at the back. So and Peter you, Peter Jay. Right, OK. I'm glad you said that then, because I probably pronounced yeah. it wrong. But, you know, it, it, it's seen... F- Foden and players like that up against that type of player and there was one little moment that sort of made made me think of that even more was I saw Foden make a burst forward at one point when City were attacking the south stand in that half where you know he looked to try and get away and this It might have even been that player, I can't remember who it was, but our Rotherham player sort of came alongside, nudged him a little bit, took the ball off him, just stole him away. And at that moment, Phil looked like a little lad. He looked like what he is, a young Mm. lad. Uh, And this more experienced, probably far less talented Rotherham player was able to easily deal with him. And that's what Foden's got to learn, how to deal with that. Because how does he learn that when he's playing in junior football or only in training? against basically his mates. Yeah, again, especially when
1: you're playing those sort of games and like training, you never got no one gonna go in with the intent to to be physical. Really, are they? And do you think it's down to the player himself then to try and say to Pep, you know what, I I I'm happy with the situation, here, but I want to be playing every week. I need to be playing every week to develop. As you said, give me a loan move.
0: Well, it's it's good that, and the it good sounds like Pep doesn't want to loan him out. The good and bad thing about it is, you've seen um, Sancho, and you now seeing Diaz move on. Who, the the young players who, in theory, have no attachment to City. We don't know yeah. what's in their head, but they have no they have no loyalty to City. They're you know. To be the best player they can be. Correct. Yeah. Whereas Phil Foden wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a City fan. His ambition is to play for City. You've got another young lad called Tommy Doyle, who's. who's granddads are the two two of the great heroes of City uh, Glimpardo and Mike Doyle who has that same sort of affinity to the club and on the one hand you want those you, you want those players in your squad you want them to do well now whether it's right or wrong that Diaz and Sancho have moved elsewhere to try to develop their careers it is is open for debate but the feeling is that Foden doesn't want to do that because he's so attached to City, and the City fans will say, "We don't want you to go because you're one of us." So, so there's a lot of emotion that potentially clouds the right judgment on this. I don't profess to be an expert. Pep is a hundred times superior to me in terms of knowing what to do with young players. You know what he did at Barcelona was just unbelievable, and the bringing bringing players through there. So, I completely trust his judgment and. Sometimes what he says isn't necessarily what's going on in his in his head. We know that. That's the same with with any manager, or anybody in a high profile position. But I don't personally, but it is only my opinion, think that Foden's future is best served right now mm. by just playing bit parts and and going. You know, in a bit he'll have gone two full seasons where he might have played six games. How, how do you
2: develop that? What. Well, I spoke to Phil after the game, and he, I asked him about these kind of things, and he, he said what he, you know, it's become a bit of a mantra with him. He feels he's at the best place to learn. He's got the best coach in the world. He's got the best players to learn from: David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, he's learning from them every day. The idea is, if he goes off on loan well, who is he playing with? He's playing with Preston players or... or it's Barnes hard to disagree players. with that, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, the other the other way of looking at it, I mean, the big difference between him and Brahim Diaz and Jadon Sancho is pathway into the first team, I think. If you're Jadon Sancho, he was looking at the first team, City had just bought Leroy Sane, who's only a little bit older than him, world-class. They've got Raheem Sterling, only a little bit older than him, world-class. Um they were about you know, they were they were in the market for Alexis Sanchez, who plays in similar positions. If you're Jaden Mahrez well yeah, they they got Mahrez after the Sanchez deal fell back, but I th- I think you know, Sancho had gone by then. Um but he's looking at it and thinking, How am I gonna get past them? You know, they're gonna be there they could be there for five, ten years. Uh how do I get past them? I need to go elsewhere and like you say he's got no attachment to City he came from Watford when he was 15 or so Uh, same with Brahim Diaz he came when he was 16 he plays similar positions you know he plays in one of those wide roles again he's got he's got Sterling ahead of him he's got Sane ahead of him he's got Mahrez ahead of him who could be here for five years how do I get into this team he's young and Spanish Real Madrid are after you if you're young and Spanish and Real Madrid want you it's very hard to resist, you know no matter how much you, you know, he's he's written a very nice letter to City fans and he's obviously got a lot of affection for the club that'll remain with him. But Real Madrid are a big draw for anybody but for a young Spanish kid like him. It's it's not it's, it's not the end of the world. Um But when you get to Phil Foden, he's looking at the team. David Silver is a player who you sort of see as Nearest to what he does, David Silva's thirty-three. You know he's got a contract till twenty-twenty. I think he said himself, Silva, that he doesn't see himself staying beyond that contract. I mean, you never know if he, he's one of those players who could go on for for a while because he looks after himself and everything. <laughs> But if you're Phil Foden, you're thinking, well, if he's gone in two years' time, I'll be 20 years old. 20 years old is when you might expect to become an People forget he's 18. He's not yeah. even 19 until May. You know, it, we're talking about this lad as if he's as if he's a 21 year old who's been kept out of the team for, for for three or four years. He hasn't. He's 18 years old, but because he's a precocious talent. People want to see him push. they want to see him in the England team. He's 18 years old and he's not an 18-year-old like Wayne Rooney was an 18-year-old. Wayne Rooney was a man when he was 16, you know, he was big and physical and he knocked players around even when he was a kid. Uh, Foden isn't that player, he's got a lot to learn in in dealing with physicality. He'll learn from Silva because Silva's a master of it, you know, how to to ride challenges, how to bounce out of challenges with the ball. Uh, and I've, you see him do that if you watch Foden you see him do that You know, I'll take what you say he was bullied once or twice by big Rotherham lads but you see him doing what Silver does and you see when you see him on the pitch you think yeah he's picking it up he's getting there he's learning that he's never going to be the biggest the most physical of players but you can live with that in the Premier League if you're smart if you've got good balance you've got good technique uh, if you can be like David Silver and he's he's not the same player He's he's got different facets to his game but in that regard, I think he's learning from the absolute best at doing that, and uh, he can—he's looking and he can see himself being in that city team in two years' time, two or three years' time, uh, as being like the main man once David Silva winds down, and uh, that I think is the single biggest difference between him, Sancho, and Diaz.
1: Yeah, I guess the uh, the final part on that, bit is in you disappointed to see? Brahim leave or do you understand why you would leave to go to Real Madrid given as Stu said that your chances are going to be limited at City, there's no no real opportunity for you to establish yourself as a first team player even if you do play well in these Carabao Cup games?
0: Yeah, I'm sad to see him go because he was a player I enjoyed watching and um, I met him a couple of times briefly and he seemed actually quite a humble sort of lad who uh, I hope he does really well now and I'll be watching his career with with fascination. And, you know, until they actually make a first team and play regularly, you can't tell how good they're going to be. I've seen other precocious talents come along who've never quite developed. Um, I mean, there was a lad, older listeners might remember Michael Hughes when he first came into City's team back in the day and I remember him being described as the new George Best and all sorts of stuff because he was an Irish lad and it, and he he never really developed in that way so you can never tell because it, because it is about a mentality and maybe another example I'd use the other way around even though this will be a controversial one is that Joey Barton was a player who never really excelled at youth football in the way that other players did but yet he made the first team he played regularly and he played for England. You you know, I saw him play for England against Spain. Um, so whatever your view of Joy Barton is, what he did was he used his his whatever ability he had to, to the full, whereas other players who've had more ability haven't. So telling how Diaz will develop... Telling how Jadon Sancho will now continue to develop and how Foden will develop is just such a difficult thing. But personally, I, I enjoyed watching Diaz. I do go and watch a lot of EDS and, and youth team football and he was one of the players I really, really enjoyed watching in the last few years. So uh, he won't be listening, I'm sure, to this, but thank you, you Brahim. Um, and uh, and good luck in the future. And, and he goes away, I think, with City fans' real best wishes because he's, he's never said a bad word and, uh, you know and, and, and hopefully he goes on to bigger and better things And may, who knows maybe City and Brahim's uh, paths will cross again in the future
1: sure they could cross in the Champions League this season who knows we shall wait and see later for that uh, Stu get us finally on the Brahim deal uh, interesting clause in the contract that you uh, wrote about this <laughs> weekend
2: yeah yeah it was uh, really interesting the fact that um, there's a sell-on clause in the contract there's a normal sell-on clause which you tend to get in contracts these days anyway of 15%, which basically means if if Real Madrid sell him on, City will get 15% of whatever fee they raise. But there's a rider in it that if he's sold to in quotes another Manchester club Salford, City, yes, Salford United. City Rochdale Oldham I presume they mean Greater Manchester rather than just, <laughs> um, must be I stipulations, mean City fans will argue right? that, that United aren't United. another Manchester club of course there is no other Manchester club apart from maybe Abbey Hay and uh, Chorlton West Edsbury, yeah, yeah Main Road <laughs> but um, yeah so the, the clause is 40% sell on fee if it was to be sold to United um it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I know I've spoken to United fans have saying how petty, you know, what's up with them. But there's, there's also the element of United are a major player in the transfer market, um, and it if uh, you know, City haven't got a buyback clause on him. But if they did, if, what they've what they've said, they've an agreement with Real Madrid that if they do decide to sell, uh, they will be notified so that they'll be right there in the bidding. Uh, so you can imagine that if if they, if Brahim Diaz is a major, a major success, but for whatever reason wants to move on, uh, then who, who can afford him? City can afford him. United can afford him. PSG. He won't go to Barcelona because of the the the, the relations between those clubs. Highly unlikely. So there are only a small handful of clubs who can yeah. who can afford him. If you if you have a if forty percent of the fee would go to City, that you could have, that pretty much rules United out. You would think, unless you spend massive money on him, um, so. You know, it makes sense from, from from that regard. Also, I think it's partly a reflection of the fact that Jaden Sancho, you know, there's a lot of talk that United are sort of number one in the hunt for Jaden Sancho, and that really would sting City a little bit. If Jaden Sancho rocks up at Old Trafford and is a big success back in English football, uh, they wouldn't be happy about that. So I think they're sort of looking at that and thinking. Cover your bases, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, let's get it right. I mean, United have had a bad time of it lately, but no one thinks that that's going to last forever. Um, you know, United will come back and United will challenge City again to be top dogs in Manchester. Never mind in uh, in England and Europe, it, it, that that fight is still on. If if you're the top dog in Manchester, you're then set up to be top dog in England for sure. And uh, you know, City are still looking at that. They've got to keep the noses ahead of United um, if if they're going to continue this era of success. And uh, United are, you know, people saying, Liv- "Why didn't they do it for Liverpool?" Mm. Well, it's it's a fair point, you know. uh, Brahim Diaz could could turn up at Liverpool in in years to come. But, you know, Liverpool have paid out some big money recently, but they they will argue that they're still in, in... uh, in positive equity, if you like, in terms of the the um, in terms of transfers, because it's, they, they've had big sales as well, they've, they've sold players for big money and brought players in for big money, so it all cancels each other out. Whether they, they, they would they would be in the market for Diaz, I don't know, but I understand why City have done it. It also takes, you know, it's quite a clever clever in terms of publicity because it takes a sting out of it. Yeah, everybody focused in on the fact that they've made sure he doesn't go to United, rather than the fact, yeah, yeah. the negative being that they've lost one of their young academy prospects, another one of their young academy prospects. The story has become we're not letting United (laughs) have him, rather than. Oh hey, we've lost this this young lad. So it's quite quite clever from a from a PR publicity point of view. I think.
1: Yeah. Finally, the last question for you, Ian. It's, this bit's gonna be very outdated very quickly. Uh, FA Cup draw tonight, 10 p.m. Not one for the uh, Loyalists, maybe the FA Cup that's there Monday night at 10pm the draw, but which team would you like to see City draw? Um,
0: I suppose the week, whatever the Barnet. week is. Yeah, a- only Accrington only at home. Jacques you know. Arant, isn't it, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to see Accrington. I'd love to see Oldham at the Etihad. Somebody like that. Um, it'd be a big Want day for Oldham. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's all sorts of pros and cons to home and away games, not least the fact that I'm a vlogger and sometimes away games are more interesting for people to look at but looking at it purely as a City fan um, and even though there are Plenty of city fans who said to me yesterday, Oh, come on, let's get united in the next round, you know and all no. Make it the 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 easiest passage, potentially at least, because nothing's taken for granted, that you can so that you're not putting too much strain and pressure on your squad in the in the thick of all these fixtures. The big games, if you continue to progress, will come soon enough. So let's part those for now. So you know what it's gonna be. It's gonna be Liverpool Anfield, isn't it, in the fourth round. That's what you don't want. I agree with
1: that. Um, depends how wide they pick the lines, I guess, doesn't it? We'll have to wait and see on that one. But
2: I guess I agree with the home side, but for slightly different reasons. It's press lounge food is better. It's a lot nearer it. than an away game, and things like that. Shorter working, short working day. Shorter working
0: day. Don't have to get a pool car. Don't have, <laughs> to tra- don't tra- have
2: to travel to an away game with me. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have Ian in the back. The don't highs and me low. We're gonna get hammered by Newport <laughs> County.
0: <laughs> oh no, that was Wrexham got hammered by Newport County. Oh Council, yeah.
1: Wasn't it? yeah, we tried our best. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we can ask we'll be back next year uh, but we'll be back next week on the Talking City podcast Ian thank you very much my pleasure for joining us once again Stu thank you as well You're games right. against Burton this week and then Wolves as we said we'll be back again next week to review both of them